Kinging waves, Fox Beard, Locker's action, very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. DJ Batless, Edward is an idiot, Fock is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which means we are live. So you can let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talking right now at 646-668-2433. And you're definitely going to want to do that because we've got a great show as always. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Deck, Season 4, Episode 1, Tuvix, and Episode 2, I Have No Bones, Yet Still I Must Flee. Interesting name. And there's more. We're also going to talk about Episode 1 of a very short trek called in a cat. We also have our Star Trek birthdays, our Star Trek fan shout-outs, and we're going to give our scores and compare them to the fan scores for the episode. But before we go too far, let me go around and introduce you to my awesome Trekspurts, because what would Uncle Jim be without his awesome Trekspurts? And we'll start off with Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? Uh, I'm here. Nothing well, it's, it's work. Work is chaotic right now. Well, you could be here where it's cold and raining, you know, where it's always cold and raining. But oh, it's not the, no, it's not the cold that's bothering me. It's a few students I'm dealing with right now. Ah, students. Yeah. <laughs> Charles? Charles, do you work at Hogwarts? Is that it? <laughs> All this time, I had no idea. That's true. I wish. It'd be easier. <laughs> yeah, they're always doing things in the bathrooms they shouldn't do, and, you know, pranks, and, you know, the dining hall's a mess. I, I, I can imagine. That's probably really frustrating. Chocolate frogs everywhere. I tell yeah, you. yeah. It's just, <laughs> stuff smells really bad. You know, it's just like you're opening up a cheese sandwich, and it smells entirely different. Those pesky kids. You got to watch it every minute. And we also have with us our very own Paul, the toy guy. He's not in Las Vegas. He's out in Portland. How you doing tonight, Paul? What up, nerds? Who's ready to get missiony? Because <laughs> I'm ready deck. to get missiony. Lower How about you? Lower decks. <laughs> Lower decks. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Busy, crazy, crazy, crazy busy week, but uh, uh, productive 
week for me and uh, ultimately very satisfying one. So uh, I was delighted to be able to cut loose with uh, some new Lower Decks uh, this last week or so. And uh, it'll be fun to talk about it, I think. So good to be here. Absolutely. And also from Portland as well, we have our very own David, although he didn't bring the donuts. He brought gummies instead. How you doing, David? I'm eating gummies. <laughs> at least, least Moopy's not hanging around there. <laughs> I think that's where all my teeth went. <laughs> Moopy got them. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's, it's doing, I'm doing pretty good. It's really hot over here, though. It's like up in the 90s. And I'm like, oh, I'm melting. My gummies are all burnt. So, yeah. Other than that, oh, I pain. hate when that happens. <laughs> I hate when that happens. And guess what? We also have our very own Eric with us, and you'll never guess where he is. That's right. He's in Portland as well. Go figure. How are you doing tonight, Eric? Uh, I am doing great, Jim. You know, I can't help it if we happen to be in an epicenter of, uh, you know, gravitational Star Trek goodness out here. It's just, you know, right place, right time, I guess. But I can't help but think, uh, given that this week we got to watch an episode based on my favorite episode of Voyager, who would I want myself to be combined with in the Star Trek universe? Um, keep listening to find out. Well, I, I, it would have to be one of those, one of the whales that swimming around, right? <laughs> I forgot the guy. Oh, wait, name. that's a dolphin. We, we, wait. I, thought, I forgot that. Yeah, one of the George and Gracie. <laughs> Wait, that's a So, any guys, uh, <laughs> make sure you guys head over to trektalking.com. There's a lot of great stuff over there. Uh, there's an article I just put up about this new game from Gale Force 9 called Star Trek Away Missions, Wolf 359. Go and check it out. There's a lot of great stuff you can check out as well while you're there. While you're there, though, you can click on the little round blue talkback mic in the bottom right-hand corner. And you can leave us a message. Well, yeah, you can leave us a message anyways, but in this case, uh, it, won't, it won't help you because we have tickets to give away for Alien Con. And uh, the convention is when? Uh, Saturday night, Eric? Uh, no, it's, it's actually Saturday. Friday night. It's Friday night yeah. at 7.30 yep. at the Schnitzer Auditorium. And we, have, we already have given away uh, some of our tickets for sure. Um, well, let me see. Let me do a quick head count. One, two, three, four, five, six. We probably have about four tickets to give away right now if people are still needing tickets to it. Um, so, yeah. See me at the yeah, door? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the Portland <laughs> area and you're listening <laughs> right now, uh, go. You can pick up the phone and call us, 646-668-2433, and make some arrangements with Eric. You can leave us a message on the blue talkback mic, and I can put you in touch with Eric. Um, but that would be the only way you get them by Friday. So bear that in mind. But you're welcome to leave us a message on the talkback mic anyways, just to tell us how great we are. We love to hear of our greatness, our impending greatness. So don't hesitate. <laughs> Please leave us a message while you're there. And, Click on the little blue Facebook emblem, take you right to our Facebook page. And on our Facebook page, 
you'll see a live long and prosper symbol pinned to the very top of the page. Go there and tell us where you're listening from. And then if you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, then your name is going to be featured on a future fan shout out, which is really cool. It's like a badge of honor. So everyone around the world knows that not only you're a Star Trek fan, but you listen to Trek Talk and one of the coolest podcasts out there. So there you have it. And as of right now, we have 164,970 followers on our Facebook page. Oh, I thought you were going to say callers. Can... No, nope, not yet. <laughs> Let's see if we can creep that up and make it to 165,000. That would be really, really cool. So anyways, before we get started, though, just so you have an idea of what to expect if you give us a call and you can hook up with Eric on Friday, here's a little spot for AlienCon. Interested in aliens? Alien Con is an exploration into the unexplained mystery that exists between science fact and science fiction. Experience the long-running hit program Ancient Aliens live on tour. This interactive event explores thought-provoking extraterrestrial theories on fan-favorite topics from ancient Egypt to the moon. Ancient Aliens Live lands at Portland's Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall on Friday, September 15th. Tickets on sale now at ancientalienslivetour.com. And once again, if you're in the Portland area or you're planning on being in the Portland area, give us a call at 646-668-2433 or visit trektalking.com and leave us a message on the blue talkback mic in the bottom right-hand corner. I will put you in touch with Eric, and you can be joining the Trek Talking crew at Alien Con Live. So keep that in mind. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, guys, what do you say we dive into our fan shout-out, and we're going to have Eric get us started. Absolutely, Jim. I always love our fan shout-outs section because it's uh, it's the one that is interactive, and I think that every single one of us on the podcast loves the fact that we get to kind of go back and forth with our fans. We don't just want to be talking heads. We like to hear back, back from you. So I just want to say hello and send out a giant thanks to our first shout-out this week, top fan Adam Lears who's saying hello to us from Birmingham, England, and sending us a little Union Jack there. Live long and prosper to you, Adam, and thanks for being a top fan, meaning that you are one of the ones who interacts with us most on our Facebook page, and we always appreciate lots and lots of support for our podcast just across the pond. Thank you so much, Adam Lears. Thank you so much as well to top fan Geraldine Clohesse, who is saying hello to us from Ireland, also just across the pond. Different little area there, sending us an Irish flag. Geraldine, thank you so much for supporting us. I really would love to go to your country. It looks amazing there, and I've never been there. But as a top fan, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can meet on the top of a Irish mountain somewhere and enjoy a pint of uh, your favorite local beverage, which may or may not be Guinness. <laughs> Thanks for supporting the podcast, Geraldine. Uh, we're also saying hello this week to uh, Karina Tejeza Isal, who's saying hello to us from Sweden. And from Sweden, you send us a live long and prosper sign. And I say peace and long life to you, Karina. Thank you so much for supporting us up there in Scandinavia. And last on my list, 
but certainly not least, is Mr. Peter Ord. Mr. Peter Ord is saying hello to us from Quakers Hill in New South Wales, Australia, on the other side of the planet. Good day, mate. And uh, also, kapla to you. Charles, I'm going to spin this globe back over to you, and I believe you're bringing it back stateside, aren't you? Yep, I usually do. Let's start off with Lynn Coley from Fairmont, West Virginia. Oh, welcome. I got family just across the border in Virgi Northern Virginia. Welcome, Jeff Jameson from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay, Jeff, red or green? Lynn Gobblegeel from Bowling, Bowling Green, Ohio. Got to get my tongue working. Sorry, Lynn. And finally, welcome, Stephanie Bedzar from Hawaii. Aloha. And I want to pass it to him. Hello, yeah. So I would like to give a big shout out to Christina Hoos from, uh, I, she says, I'm in Northern Virginia, USA. Next on the list is Brenda Hargrove Jenkins from Washington State. Next on the list is Joseph Lee from Sacramento, California. Last on my list is Emily Lenore from Atlanta. Paul, who's on your list? Well, my friends, I'm lucky enough to be able to give greetings to a lot of friends in the vicinity of the UK this evening and folks who might be related to folks from the UK originally. So first of all, I'd like to send a huge shout out and kapla to our good friend Ciela Bladen uh, in Cowbridge, South Wales. Uh, live long and prosper. Now, uh, Cowbridge, South Wales, it's a few miles west of Cardiff as I remember. Now, I've not been to Cowbridge, but I have been to the neighboring village of Pigdesk, so it's uh, very easy to confuse the two. So, Cowbridge, Pigdesk, what have you. But uh, it's great to hear from you, Ciela. I hope that's not a misprint and it's not Celia, but you never know. Sometimes we have to wing it and read things as they're written. Anyhow, great to hear from you in Wales. Uh, uh, municipality a little bit further afield all the way down in Christchurch, New Zealand it is top fan Andrew Gorman who was saying hello to us from down there where I think it's maybe still the winter time in New Zealand. I'm not 100% sure of that but it's great to hear from you Andrew thanks for being a fan and for sharing your enthusiasm of Star Trek next up we spin back we're going back and forth across various uh, latitudes and longitudes here you might just get airsick we're moving so fast uh, but we're going to go to Guernsey now Guernsey is a really interesting place because Guernsey is one of the channel islands in the English channel that's a little closer to the French coast it's actually a self-governing dependency of the British crown. Very, very cool. But there's some amazing cliffs there and uh, very, very posh beach resorts. So Guernsey is definitely a great place to be. And of course, no surprise that top fan Lee Metcham is hanging out there as well, flying that Guernsey flag with pride. So great to hear from you, Lee. Thanks for being a fan and uh, making sure that folks on the aisle there know about Star Trek. And finally for me, we're going to move back over to Eastleigh, England, where our good friend Stephanie Lemon is sharing her enthusiasm 
for Star Trek this week. So, see, we've got fans all over the place. Uh, south of the equator, north of the equator, channel, in the channel, you name it. we got them all over the place. And uh, now we'll see who else is out there, and we'll uh, turn this back over to Jim. Yeah, and I'm going to go right, right to the center of everything, right to the Big Apple itself. We want to say hello, thank you, and kabla to a top fan who was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I spent many a summers in Brooklyn, New York at my grandparents' house on 53rd Street between 5th and 6th Avenues. And I got to tell you, King's Pizza on 5th Avenue is the best, the best. Love it. I miss my summers in Brooklyn. So we want to say hello, Kapla and Meningal, who's in Brooklyn, New York right now. Represent, Seth, represent. We also want to say thank you to Don Capoli, who's listening in Albany, New York. That's awesome. That's, I'm going to be heading in that direction this weekend. I'm going to uh, back to see Almost Queen. So I'll be down in that area. So thank you for listening, Don Capoli. We also want to say thank you to Richard Hill, who says, I'm a Texan currently stuck in Michigan. And last but definitely not least on my list, we have top fan Paula Dent, who's listening to us in Yuba City, California. And that, my friends, wraps up our fan shout-outs. If you'd like to hear your name mentioned on a fan shout-out, visit our Facebook page and just tell us where you're listening from. Make it interesting. Put in, I like lots of emojis. You want to catch my attention and look for a heart next to your name. Um, you know, chicken, uh, chicken legs and pizza well, and stuff be, like that. Well, let's be we'll honest. Is the more color of any type that you add to anything, you're going to attract Jim's attention because he just likes big, colorful, loud things. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So do that, and you'll probably be mentioned in a fan shout-out. Just look for a heart, Uncle Jim, and you'll hear your name. All right, guys, speaking about our Facebook page, every Friday, so tomorrow, I will post an ad on our Facebook page and ask you guys, our fans, to score this week's episode on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. I actually had a fan ask me, why do you have to say 10 being the best? Doesn't everybody know that? Isn't that common sense? Uh, no, <laughs> but it's not common sense. You would be amazed at how uncommon common sense really is. Well, and so, Jim, it's, it's, it's clear to anybody who's seen Spinal Tab that 10 is not the limit, right? So it, it feels like we have to be specific about that because everybody knows that if you get the right amp, it goes to 11. Yeah, we've had scales. We, we've had them go up to a hundred before. We, <laughs> even infinity, I believe. I've seen one or two infinities. Yeah, I think we could just name it Whoop Ten. That way, people know we can't go past Whoop Ten. But you know, <laughs> we can try. Except, except in the but, alternate timeline where you can true. go Warp Fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> and, but we're not but, in the alternate timeline. <laughs> but even if you do. Even if you just are totally in love with an episode and you want to give it a 20, a 100, an infinity, it doesn't matter because in the end, it all counts as a 10. So 
Uh, Tuvix, this episode, we're of course talking about TWO Vix, right? We're not talking about TU Vix. I feel like I need to qualify that yeah. because we have two episodes called Tuvix, but this is the lower decks TWO, meaning two, <laughs> the number Vix. Top fan Neil Stringer gave it a six, a fun episode, but I feel it makes light on a more serious episode, and Janeway's decision was not as black and white as they made it out. Thanks, Neil. Top fan Rob Scoundrel said nine. I loved it. Thought it was self-deprecating, the in-humor, and I always love hearing the theme. They animated the ship perfectly. Let's talk about that, Rob. Thanks very much. John K. Underly said a 10. Voyager-style shenanigans. That is also true, John. Let's talk about that. Amanda Dean said, I give it a 9.5. So many Voyager references. Three crying smiley faces. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And a regular smiley face. Thanks, Amanda. Rob Whitaker said 9.9. It's just a shame there wasn't any original Voyager crew featured. But I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, Swalens was one of the greatest scenes ever. Did I miss that? I don't know. I don't understand that. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Maybe one of my Trexperts can explain that to me. Um, Jennifer Nanick gave it a seven. Loved the Voyager bit, and I loved being uh, – I loved putting the Tuvix question on its head. I wished at least one person from Voyager had made a guest appearance, though. You're not the only one, Jennifer. Thanks. Ashley Williams, 9.975. Naturally, love that reference. Ashley, thank you so much. Top fan Mark Watson said nine. So many things happened on that episode. It was funny. Nice to see Voyager again. Top fan Tom Patrick said ten! Exclamation point. It was a terrific love letter to Voyager. And Brian Smith said nine, including the salamanders and then making them Borg. Brilliant. I cannot disagree with you on that front, Brian. Thank you so much. That, this week, guys, gives us a fan score for this episode of... 8.9, which is fairly respectable, I think. Cool. I think what Rob Whitaker was talking about, the Swale Swayland, was yeah. it's supposed to be Stephen Steve uh, Stephen and the Whale put together. So. Ah, right. That's who it was, right? The Whale guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for bringing <laughs> me around on that. <laughs> David, appreciate it. <laughs> so, fan score 8.9. So, Jim. And you know what that music means. <laughs> it's once again time to put on your thinking caps and join us for Star Trek Trivia Time with Uncle Jim. Okay, are we ready? We have our thinking caps on? Absolutely. All right. uh, I think mine's all loose tonight. <laughs> I just Good got way to put it, brother. <laughs> I think one of the kids knocked it loose. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Even a damaged right. uh, thinking right. cap is better than no thinking cap at all. That's true. Okay, so the, the, we're going to put David on the hot seat first. You ready, David? I'm already hot, but okay. <laughs> all right. So put the, drop the gummy bears and step uh-huh. away. Okay. Here we go, David. When Mariner winks at Boimler and says, don't mention that pike thing we're not supposed to talk about, what is she referencing? Uh, oh, uh, the um, 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 uh, the crossover, uh, the TOS episode, uh, uh, the old scientist. That's right. Those Strange old scientists. New world. Strange, world. Strange new world. Strange new world. That's right. <laughs> we've we've talked about that 
a lot. It's one of our favorite episodes. So uh, yeah. congratulations, David. All right, Eric. Welcome, Barry. Eric, you ready? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, I'm ready. We're going to put the spotlight right on you. All oh right, being, being the big Voyager fan, in this yeah. episode we see the clown character <laughs> as a hologram. In <laughs> yeah. what episode did we see him? And as a bonus, who played the clown? Oh Ooh. yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, that was a uh, that was kind of one of those like a uh, little bit meta episodes. Yeah, uh, I think you're talking about the Voyager episode, the Thaw. And that's I right. Do, and I do know for absolutely 100 percent sure that you're talking about the great Michael McKean, um, who absolutely. is you you know him because you know him from Spinal Tap and. Uh, Mighty Wind and like one million other things that he's ever done. What a great guy! Yeah, that, I, it was fun to see him in uh, TNG back in the day. Didn't he play in like oh, a Batman no. show? Play what? Didn't he like play in the Batman show as a Joker? Uh oh, interesting. I'm not sure. He may have. Yeah, that one I'm not familiar with. My kind of knowledge of him starts with like the whole like Spinal Tap era, and then. Okay. He, and then he has kind of like a whole bunch of movies, I think, that he did in like the 80s and 90s. But, yeah, you, I don't know. You might be right. Who knows? All right. Well, this next one goes out to Charles. You ready, Charles? I think so. Yeah, this this one will be easy. But I might go past Warp 10. No, no. Hey, you never. You'll turn you into a salamander. Oh, we got bad. the new Charles. <laughs> it would be a bad thing. Don't cross the streams. Okay. <laughs> In this episode, we see the return of the transwarp salamanders. In what episode did we last see them, and what characters got into them? Oh, let's see. I think that might have been Threshold when we had that uh, Warp 10 disaster with the... Uh, Janeway Paris couple. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. See, my truck sports never let me down. They always do their homework. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we're going to put David on the hot seat again, David. You, you, you ready for yours? Ready for another one? Uh-oh. Two hot seats. Okay. Twice for David. Uh-oh. Don't worry, Paul. You're, we're gonna we're gonna get you on the next round, Paul. So you, you haven't been forgotten. Oh, that's good. You're, so you're reassuring, next. Jim. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're next. <laughs> you get the hard. All right, too. David. We see the microcosm viruses appear in this episode. Macro, in what episode? Right? Macro. Yeah. They're macro. macro. Yeah. In what episode did they originally appear? Well, since this is a Voyager, I want to say something about a medium ago. Uh, nah, it's a, it, I think it was the episode Macroism. Is that macrocosm. what it was called? Yeah, Macrocosm. Yep. Yeah. Macrocosm. Macrocosm. That's right. Uh, so as usual, my Trexperts hit home runs every single time, as I knew they would. But don't worry. We have some more trivia coming up after we talk about this episode. Um, so, but we do have a caller online, though. Do you guys want to talk to one of our fans? Sure. All right. Well, let me see if I can get this thing to work here. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Kabla, my brother. This way. What's hey, up, Ray? Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. 
Yeah, I just saw it. It's been a long time. I know, I know, school, I know, school, school, your daughter, and you do what you, I do what you a lot of uh, craziness. And why I mean craziness, Uncle Jim? Why I mean, I mean, I'm talking about craziness. That is. Well, I, 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 I can, don't I want to mention, saying, Ray. Don't want to mention craziness, Ray. It's chaotic <laughs> this year. Yeah. Beginning of the school year but, is always hard, man. Yeah, no, you know what though, um, Ray? I gotta, I gotta uh, say one thing, okay. Ray. Like, yes. I feel your pain, Ray, because the Yankees are in last place, and I, I can relate to that. I can feel your pain. Uh, Mets are only in fourth place, but the Yankees are in last place, so I, I can relate to that. I feel your pain, brother. I am, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I have one question. I went to Amazon. I mean, um, they got to go to the the, the new contest again because I I just found out on Amazon that Star Trek season two, Strange New Worlds is coming out. I don't know what I don't know when it's coming out, but I mean, but you got you got to do 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 another contest with that. We might if if um if Paramount sends me some DVD or some Blu-rays to give away, then we definitely will. No, 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 have no, 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 I went, I went to Amazon and I saw it on there, but you know, the only problem is that um, they, they, they didn't tell me when it gonna come out. I, 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 I might have a fun feeling it might come out again in October. I'm not too sure because like I said I saw it on there and they didn't say anything about this. That's the reason why I called. But like I said I, I see. I see, I see, I see yeah, I mean, it, it, the... yo, it's off the chamber. It's off the chamber. I mean, the only thing I know, Ray, which is only about the regular DVD, I know the regular DVD is supposed to come out in early December. So I think it's like no. around about that first or second week of December is when it's supposed yeah, the, to come the, out. So. Supposedly the street date is set to be December 6th, from what I've heard. There yeah, we go. That's, that's, yeah. that's a 4K Steelbook, Blu-ray, the whole – they have a, a Everything unified date for the yeah. – yeah. So yeah. they want to get yeah. it in people's yeah. hands for Christmas. So, for yeah, Christmas, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, you know what? Like I said, uh, like I said, the one the, – uh, 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 the, the one you get a while back with Blu-ray, that I say is good. It's good, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm, 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 you know what I'm saying? I read it with blue with the DVD, DVD, you know what I'm saying? But I, I really want to ask that question, but I want to ask that question. That, that, you know what I'm saying? That, 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 that's, that's what I want to ask. But we aren't you? Yo, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm a little bit tired. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? Give us a shout out. Wow, we, we, love, we love to hear from you, Ray. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And if if, so anyway, yeah, if, uh, it, it, if they it, it, send it, it, me some uh, Blu-rays for season two, uh, you will definitely know about it for sure. No problem, no problem. But anyway, I do some of the Yan- Yankees. Yo, I am. Me you know, I said I said I don't know. I said I said I don't know. But 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 you know what's going on about that? My man from the um the Giants. I'm the, 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 the uh, my man from the Jets. I mean, what is what is um. Aaron Rodgers. Yo. Yep. When I saw that game that night, I was like, yo, I mean, yo, the man just, yo, the man just because started. Yeah. And, 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 and then what happened? He came back. Four plays. Yeah. Yeah. Four yep. plays. 
I had, I had like, during my football draft, I remember my buddy being like, oh, I'm just going to pick the old man. It's going to be fun. And then that first game, he gets four plays, and that was it. Yeah. Listen, I'm 50. People are picking me for that. They don't want anything to get to be for that. They don't want to. I'll still get paid. I'll still get paid. I'll still get paid. I'm going to pay. 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 i am going to pay 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 i am going New York, New York, not New York. Sorry, we got the into a football discussion gay. here, guys. This is probably not appealing to the our other. Star Trek fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go under this table and take yeah. a nap, okay? This is like, uh, uh, this is like grief. This is what I want Star Trek to avoid. Bring it back. Recenter your thoughts. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. He's 13 years old. Now, why, why, why do I drive a 39-year-old freaking player and then, and then you turn around, he did four plays, and cracking, cracking, cracking his Achilles. And you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm This was, was kind of a little, little bit planned. It, I mean, to me, it kind of a little, a little bit planned. Because no way in the world, that the Jets gonna uh, draft a 39 years old player. No, I have to. I have to tell you, Ray. As, as much as I'd love to, we're probably not going to talk about whether Aaron Rodgers uh, belongs to be the quarterback of the Jets on this Star Trek podcast, brother. So we should probably bring it back around to Star Trek <laughs> topics. He was the captain of a starship. Okay. 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 Now, I'm still waiting for Picard, um, the, the, you know, the last one on, on Amazon. Season three, yeah. She's coming up a couple days. And I said, I have my collection. You know what I'm saying? The same thing I said, all my stuff is collection. From the old, you know what I'm saying, with Cook and all that. And about you, um, uh, do you guys, uh, 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 um, uh, what is she called? Facebook, right? They, I, I, I was in a picture where Kirk, Spock, and uh, Horanum were these Space Nine uniforms. I'm talking about the the new uniforms, the new ones. Yeah, that was just a fan. That was just a fan edit. Yeah, I know Sometimes that. You know, it's Photoshop, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was just a yeah, Photoshop yeah, that a fan yeah, put yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of cool. No, why don't you? Why don't you? I'm I'm catching up right now. I've been I've been busy so so I've been busy so, so, for a minute. There's no say, but no one tell. But next time I call this week, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna catch up. We gonna catch up. Catch up. Everybody start talking right now. Right, right now, I'm I'm in scrambling. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I'm I'm scrambling. Yo, Uncle Joe, it's bad enough, right? I'm watching freaking um uh Transformers, the old, the old cartoons right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, say we're going to say hello to your wife, Cora. 
and uh, thank you so uh, much for I, calling I, I, from I, the Bronx. Yes, 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 that was tough. I tell you, listen, guys, next week, let me get my stuff together. Next Thursday, we're going to call, and we're going to head all straight out. Sounds like fun, brother. All right, Ray, Hold live up. long and prosper. Sweet. Come on, brother. Have a good weekend. My weekend? We'll talk to you next uh, week, Ray. Like, yo, my brother. It was raining right. so hard. It was like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It was so hard. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't go outside too much. But, but I mean, beyond you, beyond you, like I said, when the next come up, we, we're going to be set. No, 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 don't say no more football, no that. We're going to be on, you know, on our topic. Sounds like a plan, man. On topic. Okay, on topic. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a blessed night. Enjoy, yep. you, 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 enjoy yourself. And, Uncle Jim, yes, I know that Yankees, I know that Yankees, the Yankees are not going to go in this year. But I want you to be honest with you. I'm not even sweating it. I'm not even sweating it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? To, to myself, I hear you. A day, another day. You know what I'm saying? You have a best night. Enjoy yourselves. That's right. That's right. All, All right, right Ray. Well, thank peace. you so much for calling, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Stay safe no down problem. there on I'll the Bronx. Ready. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. All right. Good night. Good night. All right, guys. That was Ray. He's calling from the Bronx down in New York, the Big Apple. And uh, now it's time for some cadet training. Okay, well, take it away, I didn't, Charles. I didn't get all of the cadet trainings. I tried to get many of them, but there were just a few too many to hit. But let's go down the line. Let's we're gonna start right off with just a bunch of Voyager. Season three, episode twelve, Microchasm. Where we get uh Tikanian Microvirus. Season five, episode one, night. Season five, episode twelve, Brightica Cha- Chaotica. Season 7, Episode 11, Shattered, Dr. Chaotica and Captain Proton. Season 2, Episode 14, Threshold, at Jim's Trivia Quest, The Salamanders. <clears throat> Season 1, Episode 13, Pathetics. Season 16, Learning Curve. The beginnings of Lord Bur- um, Burley. Burley, Jane Way's holodeck love interest. Of course, we can't forget season two, episode twenty-three, Tuvix. Season two, episode twenty-two, the thaw with the fear clowns. Season 1, Episode 16, Learning Curve, a.k.a. Neelix's Cheese. He just wanted a good mac and cheese. Yep. And then, of course, we can't miss out uh, Strange New Worlds, Those Old Scientists. Season 2, Episode 7, That Pike Thing. We can't talk about. 
we can't talk about it. But I think we can talk about the episode. We can't talk about Pike. Well, since since you're already going, you want to get us started, Charles? Uh, all right. I think this is an interesting episode of... Okay, you took me the teaser of the Easter eggs to catch your comment because I just couldn't catch the opener right. But in the opening scene, we do have a new addition to the opener. As we've got the whale ship appearing in the big battle. The big opening battle you see in the opening credits. We always get somebody new each season. Well, the whale ship from Star Trek IV appeared this time. So we've got the movies added into that one. This one, they were kind of making things such a big secret deal. And we find out it's Voyager. And it's like, okay, you got that first cast on, show that ship with its name and registry and it's like yeah you knew this was going to be a big fan love song to the uh, Voyager fans and it sure was as I went through the cadet review there were so many tie-ins to classic Voyager I didn't mention uh, the ensign's clarinet that he played for a little while and eventually gave up. All they're moving around these uh, mannequins and all these uniforms. And supposedly they're claiming these were some of the actual actual crew uniforms on the ship. Though I hope they had them well cleaned if they were wearing them that, (laughs) if they had that much of a used uniform. But, oh, what was some of the things? Yeah, I think maybe somebody from Voyager might have been fun in the episode. But there were so many things. And some of the fans may look at like, well, wait a minute. What's this deal about these two salamanders? Like, you got to go back and see the episode. I love the holodeck idea of bringing it. It's like, oh, but they're reduced to the holodeck. Yeah, but we put holodeck hitters all over the ship, so including the clowns, which were actually not on board, board Voyager, but somebody probably programmed into the holodeck just so we could have them back. But they were just so many things going on this episode. And it was just overall fun. Old ranking. Everybody getting their pip. And going from Ensign to Lieutenant JG's. And the work Rutherford took. All the work it took to get uh, to get that built up. And I might be crossing episodes on that one, but you're crossing the streams, man. You're crossing. You're oh, moving in the, the streams. Oh my god! 
That's that's my job. You're taking over the old man's job now. Oh, sorry. There's just so much going on. I'm losing focus today. You're just so. going to have to go clean the holodeck, uh, Charles. That's just, uh, <laughs> All right. I'm going to go clean the holodeck. Yeah, get a mop. <laughs> get a mop, brother. <laughs> but I'm just going to go with a nine on this one was just a real fun episode. Yeah, this was this was a fun one. How about you, David? Are you finished with your gummy bears yet? <laughs> um. Well, no. Um. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> this particular episode was very interesting. Um. I had just recently watched it, and I'm already starting to forget a lot of it. I'm getting super distracted all of a sudden. Um, but, yeah, um, this one was one of my favorite episodes uh, throughout all of the uh, um, the series so far because even though Voyager wasn't my favorite favorite, it was still one of my favorite series out there that I like to watch, and I I got to know a lot about what all the little Easter eggs that they had in that episode. So it made it more enjoyable for me and I'm pretty sure it does for everybody else. So to me, I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when they first showed the Voyager, you know how they like to say boy to make it short. Well, they cut the song like in half or in quarters just to make the song short. So it was like, it was, I don't know, it kind of made it sound like boy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. The very first time they show it, they really cut the song short. And then the second time they show it, they actually let it. Yeah. yeah and uh, I don't know if all of you guys noticed, but you know how there's always a towel guy in the lower decks? There's always, there's somehow there was a towel clean on lower deck guy at the very end of the episode. <laughs> I haven't noticed that. What are you talking about? Is there a guy who has towels in every episode? Or yeah. Or? So in the lower deck throughout the series, you just see this lower deck guy wearing a towel around his waist every <laughs> once in a while. I haven't noticed that. Awesome. And then there's a clean. Getting to the song shower. Okay. Yeah, the clean-on boat of prey had a, uh, a clean-on and a towel. Over I love waist. it. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. But, yeah, um, this particular episode definitely had a lot of uh, Easter eggs and too many to count for my brain right now. But um, to me, I uh, – yeah, you guys know what my score is going to be. So I'm not going past Warp 10, but <laughs> if I could – it would definitely be somewhere up there. But, um, yeah, so this episode, I really liked uh, the banter that they had going on with all the little things and the fact that, you know, they were running away from all the holographic uh, characters and all of a sudden the uh, that love interest hologram, uh, I forgot his name now, but he ends up, end up, he ends up kissing uh, uh, Mariner. And then Mariner's like, oh, I like this guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> It was just a lot of funny little things in there that made the show that much fun. And to me, I definitely will give this one a 10. But, uh, yeah, hoping that we can continue on the uh, the game for the next episode. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll pass it on to whoever else. All right. Well, I'll jump in here real quick because because that's why, just because. So um, one of the things that, I liked about this episode was the character development, in particular, Ransom. I think that he really 
matured as a character for me in this episode. Mariner under his wing and basically said, look, I'm not demoting you, so there you are. And uh, I like that. And I also like the interplay he had with um, Chaka when the walls fell, you know, and he was using all the... Yeah, that was awesome. And then them. he fist bumped... The anagrams? Yeah, he... What do you call those? <laughs> no, the, well, not anagrams. Tamarian yeah, the, is the name of that. So I think their language is Tamarian, I would guess. And yeah, he like says that and then the other guy gets it and then they bump fist. That was awesome. Yeah, and he says, I pay attention and they bump fist. Like, I kind of I kind of like what they're doing with that character so far this year. So that, Jim, that was... Jim can, I, can I ask you a question about your ransom thing? So one thing that I was going to bring up, which I think is poignant right now, is that do you think it was Ransom did tell Boimler at the beginning of the episode that he was going to get a promotion if he didn't screw anything up? And do you think that was Starfleety to do? Like, do you think that was cool for Ransom to do, to kind of like say, hey, here's the thing, but you don't screw it up? Or do you think that was just comedic effect? That's why they did that. Well, you know, he was he was cleaning up the doo-doo or whatever it is. We still don't know. <laughs> the holodeck filter. We still don't know what it is if that, that's in there. We don't want to know. We don't want to know. We, we know that it's not a job that, that people want. And so I kind of thought it was just like a, a humorous thing, like, hey, you won't have to pick up the dog do anymore you know type of joke <laughs> i liked it I, I i did enjoy it i i like what they're doing with ransom so far so i i enjoyed that the voyager stuff was great too but i i liked i liked what they did with with ransom and, and mariner as well so i i you know i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna leave it at that and i'm, I'm gonna go with a nine on this one and i'm gonna turn it on over right over to paul all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I thought this was really fun. Um, super enjoying and uh, super enjoyable and entertaining. Um, I really like the uh, – no one's really mentioned the uh, overarching uh, uh, plot device that's that's kind of – seems like it's going to cross over through multiple episodes of the season of the ships being destroyed at the very beginning in the, this first episode, the Klingons, and then in the second episode, which we're going to get to, the Romulans, right? That's a very similar – uh, dynamic that we see happening there, right? And uh, whenever they spend time kind of riffing on the Klingons, it's just hilarious <laughs> because they're like, you know, I hope it will be honorable if I, you know, use the bathroom. I mean, they're just, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're just totally making them as trivial as can be. It's very funny. And uh, so I thought they're great. Um, I I don't know. I seem to be obsessed with this for some reason, but um, uh, the the weird unidentified alien ship that destroys a Klingon vessel in that mm. opening thing. It looks exactly like the old Agonizers from the original series uh, Mirror Mirror episode. I mean, it yeah. shapes almost exactly the same. So I don't know if hmm. that's a tip of the hat or if we're meant to think that there's a Mirror Universe connection or what. But it sure, if you look at them side by side, they're awfully similar. So I was very curious about that little bit. But uh but it's really great. I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I love how they, uh, uh, just, you know, kind of dishing on, you know, Janeway, like, you know, whoa, she just straight up killed Tuvix. Damn. She's like, you know, just like, just like, <laughs> like she's, you know, they're reading the secret history and going, oh, she's such a badass, cold hearted, Jesus Christ. You know, they're just like you know, having such, you know, kind of fourth wall reactions to everything, which is, you know, really, really funny, I think. Um, 
just again, uh, Mariner's great, especially when she's kind of frustrated and acting out because she thinks something bad is going to happen. I think that's very entertaining there. And then we've seen her in previous episodes, um, but I think uh, Talyn is a new addition Yay. As, as a regular, yeah. right? Am I I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Yeah. Who seems like yeah. she's going to be hilarious. I mean, she's just, you know, constantly, you know, like, you know, uh, I'm sorry for my outburst. <laughs> she's just doing nothing, right? Just riffing on the Vulcans and, and all that time. And then she beams all the hybrids into the brig and makes one giant, disgusting, barely sentient blob of goo. So good work <laughs> to live. Well done. Right. Um, so pretty great. Um, I thought it was really fun there. Um, um, and just, again, it's like, if you're a Voyager fan, this is just a, a terrific episode because they just keep going and going and going with all of it. Um, you know, tons and tons of fun references that I, all of you have already got to. So I won't belabor that. Certainly at this stage of the game, but uh, but no, it's really fun. A lot of good deep cuts. Um, uh, it's uh, it's uh, well, what was I going to say? Um, just uh, just the fact that uh, you know, I think the uh, ransom is just consistently hilarious. I find. I think he's just really funny. He seems like he's uh, you know very much kind of riffing on the Riker motif, right? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just. And just Mariner, did you just pat me on the head? She's just all like this. <laughs> I know, right, it's about five for me too, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So so really funny. Um, I thought great. Um, uh, good stuff there. Um, you really want to find out, though, what's going on with the Klingons and the Romulans and who this, you know, carryover threat is that we have not quite run into yet. I think that uh, is something that we're certainly curious about there. Um but again, um, just great. Um, who doesn't love a good transporter accident, right? <laughs> That's one of the things we always like. So uh, a great start, I think, full of good little uh, bits. Um, certainly uh, a great lead. And I like that they gave us two episodes um, right out of, the, out of the bat. I think that's great because, you know, it uh, keeps you wanting more. Um, so very fun stuff. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, I'd give it a nine, I think, uh, for me, which is uh, – uh, super solid episode and just just fun and enjoyable, right? So good stuff. Well, Eric, you got the caboose, brother. Uh, awesome, yeah. So many good comments by the Trexperts here. Uh, I'll just say that this episode is based on my absolute favorite episode of Star Trek Voyager, which I actually literally this past summer taught a workshop at a camp about the episode Tuvix because I think it's one of the great moral dilemmas of Star Trek. So I love that they riffed on that. I love the whole thing that Paul was just talking about or with the, the straight up, you know, Janeway just straight up murdered him. Um, it, it's still up for debate, which I love. But more specifically, uh, the uh, let's just start with the opening credits. So I feel like they've upgraded not only the opening credits with the whale probe, but I think the koala has changed too. I feel like the koala is more like 3D and more animated now. So the, one of the first things you see when the when the credits start is the koala in the in the stars in the nebula stars. And if you don't know what the koala is, I suggest you go back and watch season one of Star Trek Lower Decks because um, you'll want to know all about the koala. Uh, Paul got to the Talyn thing, which to me was one of my favorite parts of this episode. I love Talyn. I love her Vulcan nature in this kind of like zany cast that we have because she just, 
it's almost like she constantly provides regrounding of the characters that we have, but she somehow also then does it in a humorous way that doesn't mess with the pace of the comedy. Um, to me, like to Lynn is one of the things that really makes the comedy writing of the show absolutely brilliant because it allows the cast to go do whatever they're going to do. And yet they're always going to kind of be brought back to normality by this one character. I really missed her. We're going to talk about the second episode here in a minute. She wasn't in it. Uh, so I totally missed her on that. Um, some of the great comments and lines in this uh, episode that I just giggled at, I couldn't help it. Carol Freeman, the captain at one point uh, at the beginning of the episode is like, I hope this isn't a Romulan thing. <laughs> I feel like at that point I was thinking, oh, this is probably a Romulan thing. <laughs> and then she says that. So <laughs> just like, it is perfect for me. Um, I love the, the concept of the Tillips character, which is the first one that we get here, kind of feeling like they need to create more characters like them, which I think is a Billups thing. I feel like that's... Like, if you actually were to look into the psyche of these characters, Ta'ana and Billups, you would say, okay, you've got Billups who's coming at it from the over-engineering, like, I just want to do the things that make everything awesome side of things. And then you get the Ta'ana, like, I'm so grumpy and potentially uh, maybe I want to take over the world in my in my <laughs> – you know, private time <laughs> and you bring them together and suddenly you have a character that it kind of makes sense that they want to make more characters like them. So I don't know. I just thought that was really super funny. Uh, I know that some fans have had a little bit of consternation about the like very specific changes that were made to the look of the Voyager, because if you, if you look at the way that the Voyager looks on the show, and then you look at the way that the Voyager looks in Picard, and then you look at the way that the Voyager looks here, they're all just a little bit different. I wouldn't get caught up in that, guys. I just feel like it's the Voyager, right? Like, that's, that's all you need to know. I don't, I don't Yesterday's care. toast was perfect at breakfast. This toast looks well, different. And I don't, like, I what I don't want to do is I don't want to poo-poo that opinion, because I feel like it is important to have that, like, uh, ability for canon to carry through, but I also feel like it wasn't really important in this story. So the fact that they changed the Voyager a little bit to me didn't didn't slow me down in terms of enjoying the episode. So um, I totally dug on it. Uh, yes, I love that moment where uh, I think Charles mentioned it, where Boimler pats Mariner on the head. <laughs> like, did you just pat me on the head? Yeah, it felt weird to me too. Um, and then the and then the Klingons getting blasted at the end. So we kind of already spoiled that what happens at the beginning of the next episode. But yeah, we got this strange thing that I don't disagree with you, Paul. Absolutely has a shape that is uh, looks just like the belt. Uh, you know, mounted agonizers from that original Mirror Mirror episode, which do, by the way, look very different from the agonizers used, which actually, I don't think uh, Discovery didn't actually have belt agonizers. They just had the little glass room agonizers, if I remember. Yeah, right. they had like the booth, right? But yeah. they, the, yeah. the agony booth, as opposed to the, the, agony booth. the yeah. convenient yeah. handheld, you know, uh, Apple created one. Isn't, isn't on your belt all the time. That yeah. you're constantly having to charge, right? Oh, yeah, I'm agonizing. It's charging again. Damn it. Yeah, I think yeah, I'll get you later once I'm charged up again. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the Enterprise also had the booth as well. Yeah, in uh, in an, in a mirror darkly in those yeah. Uh, episodes. Yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, so 
yeah, I dug this episode big time. I thought the references were great. I thought the writing was actually really clever, and it brought out some of the best parts of all the characters. So I don't disagree with my Trexpert or the the Trexperts on the show. I'm just gonna say yeah, I'll go nine. Yeah, nine feels right to me. And quoting uh, the uh, security sacks is, uh, how much physical memory do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) And then she just sort of like (laughs) gives him a look, right? (laughs) Yeah, he's like staring on (laughs) Tell him she's like, oh my God. Because we already know that they, like, you know, Shax and and Tana, like, we've heard some things through walls already. So, so So continued. So how does how does our score stack up with our Facebook fan scores? Well, our Facebook fans gave us an eight point nine, and the host bumped it up to a nine point two. So just a, wow. we liked it just a little better than the fans did. All right, that's respectable, very respectable. And I'm not going to go through it again. I asked all the fans to score the episode. Uh, and we're going to talk about that uh, episode two right now. Um, I have no bones, and yet I must flee. And Eric, what did our Facebook fans have to say about this one? Oh, man. Well, a little bit different on this one. I think uh, Danny Ruthermel Jr. said seven good episode, lots of originality. Sean Cooney gave it a 10. The Moosey thing was funny, and that cat character is funny. Both are evil. LOL. James James Cannon said nine. Fear the Moopsie. Although this episode felt a lot of it was inspired from Monty Python. Still a good episode. I think they're talking about the killer rabbit. Thanks, James Cannon. Top fan Jeff Frerichs said a solid eight. A significant portion of that score is due to Moopsie. Thank you, Moopsie. Top fan Andre Mueller said 6 out of 10. It was rather mediocre. Fun, not bad, but not that great either. Top fan Travis Schultz said 8.5. Top fan Shaylana said 10. Top fan Paul Moses said Moopsie, 10. Top fan Josh Beal said 7.5. And top fan Sean Jr. said 10. Great episode. Live long and prosper Peace and long life to you, Sean. That gives us a fan score this week for this episode, guys, of just 7.9. So, oh, interesting. Uh, 7.9. Well, is that, a, is that a Voyager reference? 7 of 9? 7, 7.9. <laughs> <laughs> it's the analog version of 7 of 9, right? She's the one who basically you know, can only absorb you with a slide rule. <laughs> so here's what I want to know, gentlemen, and so help me out here, right? How many? What's the current population of uh, the United States? Hundreds of millions, right? It's like 350 million or something. It's a lot, right? And in the course of any given uh, week, how many people do you reckon probably get new pets, right? Dogs, cats, what have you. I'm guessing a lot. Right. You know, very spontaneous. Oh, winter's coming. I need something warm to cuddle up with. Right. How many pets in the last week in this country do you suppose people named Moopsie? I am guessing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. People love that cute shit. Right. So you got to know one of us. I think we need to have like a, a, a betting pool. Right. The first person that actually runs across a pet named Moopsie. 
between now and the end of the year and can produce evidence of that being true uh, gets something. <laughs> I like it. We should well, open like it up to the fans out there, too. Let the fans. Who couldn't find the first legit pet named Moopsie? Well, I just know well, that I'm for sure that's my, my new glomer. I'll, go, I'll name my glomer Moopsie. I've got a pet glomer. <laughs> A glomer. I, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. That's from the that's from the animated series. That's the creature that eats the tribbles. It's like a genetically oh, engineered okay. Klingon okay. creature that eats the tribbles. Yeah. Deep what? cut, yeah, Jim. Gonna... Deep cut. Yeah. Deep cut. Well, animated series. All right, guys. <laughs> well, you know what time it is. And you know what that music means. It's once again time to put on your thinking caps and join us for Star Trek trivia time with Uncle Jim. All right, Paul. I told you we were going to put you on the hot seat. Are you ready? I'm, 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 I'm clenching my buttocks. I'm so ready. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, that's how ready I am, Jim. So let's go for it. I'm okay, not. I'm not. We're going to sit down until we're done. <laughs> All right. At the end of this episode, we see Klingon lower deckers on a Klingon bird of prey. When did we first see this crew? Oh, you mean like the that same group of Klingons? Specific, yeah. Yeah, that same. Group I believe, of my friend, that we first saw them in the hilarious episode uh, that is pronounced and titled "Wesh Douche." That's right. Same guy. Unfortunately, they're all dead now, so we won't be seeing them again. But they were cool while they lasted, for sure. I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of Star Trek characters escape what looked to be certain death and then somehow magically show up again later. No body, no death. Yeah, That's so, yeah. It's just like, it is so fortunate you were able to beam us all out of there right at the last second. Yes, that was convenient, wasn't it? I mean, you know, anything can happen, dude. It's science fiction written by guys in Los Angeles. <laughs> anything can happen, right? There's absolutely no limit. floating here, though, so you know, we know the. No, you know, you just end up having to go to the Batlet store and buy another one, right? I mean, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> Stop your incessant honing. Stop honing. Hi, <laughs> Charles. It's annoyingly honing seat. away. And uh, because I are, I had to break this up. You already answered this one, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Uh, what classic Star Trek probe is added to the opening battle sequence this year on Lower Decks? Oh, isn't that the whale probe I talked about from Star Trek Four? That's right, the whale probe. All right, Eric. Eric, you ready? Of course. Okay. In this episode, we see Jack and Ta'ana going to the holodeck to have some Robin Hood fun mm-hmm. and in tight style. In mm-hmm. what episode did we first see I protest, Jim. This question is too easy. Um, I am yeah, that was very You are moving was... into an uncomfortable area. <laughs> um, I believe that is absolutely the episode Cupid, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because there's a lot of Robin Hood shenanigans in that episode. That's right, TNG's episode Cupid. And Paul, Paul, you get the last one. Oh, Save God. The best for last. This oh, mother of we God. we talk about <laughs> in our episode review. Uh, but, I, you know, it's a good one. So, in the beginning of this episode, 
We see Can Ransom and Jax working out together in the gym in front of mirrors wearing classic oh, yeah. outfits. <laughs> Who did we last see working out in the same exact outfit? And in what episode did they appear? Oh, I know the one you're talking about, right? You're <laughs> yeah. talking about the one with uh, Shatner and uh, DeForest Kelly <laughs> in Gamesters of Triskelion, right? <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. That's that's. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of my neighbors. Um, hold on a minute. Uh, um, okay. Uh, because and there's no reason I should know this episode, and I have no not that I have any kind of fondness for women in objectifying clothing. I don't, of course, not at all. Let's just banish that from uh, from our thoughts. Wasn't it uh, an episode called The Host, or was it? I think it was the host, or was it the price? I can't remember. I think it was. I'm going to go with the price. I think it was the price. It was the price, and it was Deanna Troy and Beverly Crusher. Yeah, didn't I say that? I'm sorry. I'm like, uh, yeah, and, yeah, it was the price. You know, and I, I have to just say, I just love it when Shax is like, like Ransom stretching him out, and Shax is like, <laughs> "Let me die" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in that moment where you're stretching your hamstrings, and you're like, "God." Dang it, how can this hurt so much? Of course it was Beverly and Troy. There's really no, uh, I don't think there's any ambiguity there. It's like, you know, is it triple bald or fuzzy? It's kind of, yeah. I think we, we, we remember them. Exactly. So and great stuff, great man. Funny that. stuff. That was, I just, I, when they had, the, have they showed them in those outfits before? Or was this the first time on Lower Decks? Because I that thought was the first. Yeah, because I just I just about spit my drink out. Okay, it was just freaking hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was just the best. That was a great because it's just you know no prep at all, and you're just like dying. I mean, stuff uh, like that's hysterical. So well be done, glad Gary it wasn't Gang. Cork and Odo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for that one, man. <laughs> You know what was great about that, too, is they were talking about, after we get done, let's go get a hot fudge Sunday, and that's exactly what Deanna <laughs> Troy and Beverly did. Yeah. Hot fudge Sundays so, after this? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, it was great. All right, guys, well, that wraps up Uncle Jim's trivia, and now it's time for some cadet training with Charles. Well, a couple of these are going to sound familiar, but I'm going to start off with TNG Season 4, Episode 24, The Mind's Eye, where Geordi is tortured by some Romulans, and we see the same chair in the opening scene. Yeah. TNG Season 3, Episode 8, oh yeah, The Price. <laughs> there it is. Troy Then this one, then the list just gets this gets interesting. Okay, TOS season three, episode five. Is there no truth in beauty? Excuse me. Is there truth no beauty? No. Is there, there in truth see? no beauty? And that's the red visor thing. That is the red visor thing, which we see Boimler wearing when he's getting in his first room. Uh, Stranger World, Season 2, Episode 7, Those Old Scientists. Add a, st- add a stereo per Asper poster. <laughs> a Wrath of Khan. 
the SETI eel is in the menagerie. TNGs, Season 1, Episode 10, Hide and Q. The three-headed snake that Q first appears as. Season, uh, TNG, Season 4, Episode 20, Cupid. Oh, I think Jim's reference to the uh, Robin Hood holodeck. Who wants to have a room next to the holodeck? Didn't realize the walls were so thin. <laughs> TLS is Season 1, Episode 5, The Enemy Within. The Horned Dog. Lower Decks, Season 3, Episode 7, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption, which we think might be a reference to Sky Snakes we see in the Long Tower. TNG, Season 2, Episode 19, Manhunt. Tyrion. Antidian. Dracidian. Another one of the creatures. This one I thought was interesting. TNG, Season 1, Episode 8, Justice. And Edo Family. And this one, not much sure how many people caught this one. TNG, Season 1, Episode 3, which was the second episode of the season. The Naked Now. Where we see some, we see somebody playing with something similar to Wesley's tractor beam in his new quarters. I am sure there are so many more references that you can come up with from the menagerie. So many creatures, and a lot of these creatures came from different Star Trek episodes. Uh, sounds like an episode, <laughs> we, an episode we better talk about before Moopsy gets loose. Well, I got a quick uh, trivia question. I'm going to throw to the group here real quickly. Um, so this episode's called "I Have No Bones Yet I Must Flee." Who can tell me what that is a reference to? Oh my gosh, I totally can, Paul. I totally get because I'm a huge sci-fi geek. Um, so there's oh, an yeah. author. There's an author named Harlan Ellison who wrote a famous short story called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. And I have to assume that this is a reference to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You have won story. the prize. <laughs> well done, I sir. I to do with the treble, uh, treble, I mean. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, though, Paul, because I got it right away. As soon as I saw that episode title, I was like, oh, my God, it's Harlan yeah. Ellison. <laughs> total, yep. total tip of the hat to Harlan. So that was yeah. great stuff. Okay. I just had to get that out of my system. So there we go. Well, who wants to jump in and, and take the engine here? Who wants to go first? Who wants to start us off? Come I think on, Eric. Eric. You, you, you had the okay. Eric was the kaboot, so I think it's Eric's turn. Yeah, I think it's Eric's turn. Okay. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so I I really appreciated this episode just in terms of its goofiness. I mean, the Mootsy character for me is not unlike the Nibbler character from Futurama. Um, which is a little pet that everybody has that just eats everything. Um, Moopsy's a little bit more terrifying because he sucks your bones out of your body. And we had a really fun debate in our internal chat on um, Tribbles versus Moopsy because Tribbles don't have any bones. (laughs) So so there you go. Debate that amongst yourselves, folks. Uh, Have a lot of fun with that. I know we did. Um, this episode has some 
you know, fun references that we just talked about with the, the shack stretching and the, the, the visor, you know, the, is, is there in truth, no beauty. I definitely recommend or recognize that visor as soon as he put it on. Um, I'll also say that character wise, so I'm a huge game player and there's this game that is very popular. That's called Bonanza, which is, a, it, we commonly call it beans. And it's a game where you have to co like collect bean cards. The leader of the menagerie, the person, the plant person that leads that, looks exactly like a soybean from the Bonanza game. So I couldn't, like, every time I saw that character, I was like, oh, that's, uh, uh, anyway, if if you get it, you do. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> I always uh, thought he looked like a banana. Yeah, he was he was vaguely banana-like, but he was also kind of like this soybean. I'll send you guys, like, a, a scan of the card or something, because I, I would love for you to see it. So, um <laughs> So the Moopsie thing was, was fun to me. There wasn't too much else in this episode that like made me kind of stop and think and be like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. So I, I just kind of put this in the um, I had fun. I watched it. It wasn't so bad. There were some funny references kind of category. So uh, I'm going to give this episode a 7.5. All right. And I'm well. going to pass it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. 7.5 is respectable. And I'll jump in here and I'll say that I'm kind of right there with you, Eric. I, there were there were a lot of good references. Uh, it didn't jump out at me. I didn't I didn't think it was as good as the previous episode. But it was I I, I thought the Romulans uh, discussing their backstabbing at the beginning of the episode and that was pretty funny. And planning <laughs> was really yeah. funny. It was great. <laughs> Really fun. I thought that was great. And then, <laughs> poof, they were gone. But I thought that was great. And, again, I, I thought the whole, you know, Ransom getting his teeth all knocked out for Moopsie, you know, uh, was, was was humorous. There were a couple – the ensign that, that, that crapped his pants and had to replicate new pants because of the way <laughs> Mariner was flying the shuttle, you know. Um, you know, there were some things that made me chuckle. And I did enjoy looking at uh, picking out all of the references in the menagerie, but yeah, it, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't bad. It was it was a decent episode, and I think I'm I'm yeah I'm gonna go with a seven. I think it's about a seven, seven point two, seven point two. Because I know Paul doesn't like the the decimal, so I'm gonna go to. Well, 7. I'm just curious. 2. What's the difference between a seven point two and a seven point three? What what moves at that point? What's the what's the what what's the you know metric? What's the what's the oh, what's the rigor? A, a Klingon and a towel would bump it up to a seven point three. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't mind I don't mind decimals so long as they're not arbitrary. You know, so long as they can yeah, be mathematically yeah, perfect. I gotta have a I gotta have you know I gotta have a you know a rubric. Oh, there you a go. Klingon and a towel will always get you a tenth. Every single time. All right, so uh, who wants to jump in here next? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Oh, I can do well, it. Well, okay. okay. Let's all answer at once. Go, Polly. Go, Polly. Okay. All right. I thought it was really funny. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I had no. Uh, I, I just, you know, again, that the, the whole freaking yoga thing with Shacks and Ransom, just you know, that set the tone for me, and I was laughing my ass off the entire time. I just thought it was really, really funny. I like the whole uh, overarching theme in this episode of things changing for everybody. And suddenly it's like, okay, or we're not, what is, you know, what's, we're not going to be down here all bunking together, and we all have to 
to move to a different place, what's that going to be like? Is it cool or is there anxiety involved? And do all of our friends come with us? And I really like that. I thought that was a really cool, relatable uh, plot, way more relatable to me than the whole, uh, I mean, I love Moopsie, who does, that's pretty hilarious. But I found that a lot more interesting uh, to focus on than the uh, bit with the, the menage, right? Which was, you know, fun and everything. But I, I always enjoy the character stuff way more. And uh, and I thought this, the, the focus on Mariner and her just, you know, acting out and everything was just great. And... Uh, and just the whole bit of, you know, uh, it's it's good shtick, but, you know, Boimler moving from, you know, one hellish new room to the other where he just goes in and it's the, he's right by the Broussards, right? And it's just way too bright. It's awful. And then uh, I just thought it was hilarious when he's in the... Uh, the room between who put a bedroom between two holodecks and he's just and he's hearing them going at it in this like you know violently obscene robin hood role play next door which is just you know just just using to me it's great because you're showing nothing right but you're just imagining just the worst you know most <laughs> twisted shit ever from those guys you know it's hysterical so um and you know uh and I really find uh, the whole ongoing relationship between Tendi and Rutherford super charming. I just think it's great. Um, really a fan of, of those guys, right? I think it's just really, really good stuff. And uh, so I enjoyed that whole thing there. Um, uh, Mariner, I, I felt, just carried me through. I think she's a really interesting uh, character. And uh, I like her because she's, she's super imperfect. You know, both. I think that's one of the reasons that she and Boimler are entertaining it's because they're both kind of screwed up and they're they they both overcompensate like mad to try to uh make up for for perceived defects and insecurities and i find that really relatable and so uh it'll be interesting to see what it's like now that they uh are you know sort of like not really you're kind of still lower deckers but not really they're kind of whatever it would be you know uh JGs, I guess, is what they're identifying they said, themselves they as. They said that it was like the lowest of the mid-level officers. Lieutenant Junior Grade. Lieutenant Junior Grade. Yeah, so basically they're not cleaning the toilets, but they're, they're emptying ashtrays, basically. It's like just one little <laughs> step up, but they're still kind of lower decorous in spirit, right? And it's great. So I, I thought it was really fun. Um it's kind of a truce and uh, an uneasy, you know, it's like you kind of, I feel like Ransom likes Mariner more now than in some of the earlier episodes that they're kind of, you know, finding a thing, uh, an uneasy alliance that they like there. And uh, it just, you know, a lot of good running jokes and funny stuff. Um, and again, like I think Jim mentioned the, the opening stuff with the Romulans is just hilarious. You know, it's just like, you're saying your uh, conspiracy is not as good as my conniving. <laughs> just like, just, you know, <laughs> they're parroting all the stuff that we've seen before of uh, the tropes of the Romulans and stuff. So I thought it was great. Um, super funny for me. And again, I just liked the uh, the focus on them uh, kind of having to change and evolve beyond where they've been comfortable for so long. I thought that was really interesting. It could pave the way to some really fun uh uh, new episodes and a new plot. So you, it, I think keeping a show static and not changing stuff is, you know, uh, always uh, it's good if you can pull it off and actually let things evolve a little bit and not have it just be redundantly the same. So really dug it. Um, uh, for me, I'm going to give it a nine. 
because I just thought it was, I was very entertained by it and had a big smile on my face the entire time. So yeah, for me, a nine, loved it. Hmm. All right, David, you want to jump in? Uh, sure, yeah. I definitely have to agree with uh, Paul all the way on this. It, I I think it might have ranked one of the better episodes in the first one. Uh, it was definitely up there with my top ten because uh, out of all the series, we're what now on season four? And, four. Yeah, and we got like, what, ten episodes per? So, I mean, there's a good 32 episodes, maybe 33 out now by, uh, by today, but... Um, uh yeah, so it's it's definitely up there. Uh I definitely enjoyed this one. I liked uh the whole the charade that things were just happening. It's all of a sudden just turned completely 180 and it just completely it made everything worse and the fact that they were trying to run away from Mookie and then somehow he ended up inside <laughs> station command center. It was like, "What?" <laughs> And apparently he's a lot smarter than everybody thought he was. So he was pushing all these buttons, causing everything to go haywire. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, it was just really fun. I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. And um, I'm definitely going to be ranking it up there with Warp 10. So uh, to me, I think this episode, I really did like the character development, probably more so than the first episode. Um, I really did like how Ransom stood by Mariner the entire time, uh, believing her with everything that she, that she thought was going wrong. And so, you know, but it, it was just a, a really interesting uh, moment with a uh, commanding officer to be there, you know. And you don't really see that a whole lot in Star Trek. So in a way, if he ever makes Admiral Eric, is he going to be an evil Admiral? <laughs> That's a pretty good question. I would say maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, I, I think this episode definitely, I mean, I liked the first one for a lot of the humor and the fact that Voyager was all, you know, there's a lot of, uh, what do they call it, the uh, um, Easter eggs. This in particular, I like this one mostly mainly for the 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 character development. I think this one definitely had way more of um of that going on than probably even all the series. So I don't know. It definitely got up there with me. And as far as my favorite scene on this entire thing would probably have to be when <laughs> when um <laughs> uh Boimler gets his crew uh, quarters for the first time, and he's right next to the cell. <laughs> I mean, uh, the first thing when I saw that scene, I immediately thought, well, don't they have blinds to cover the, you know, <laughs> the heat? And apparently it happened at the very end of the episode. I was like, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, stuff like that just resonates, man. I, at one time I had an apartment where my apartment window of my bedroom was right where the subway came out of the tunnel. That's oh, oh, wow. Like, so I was like totally reminded of that stuff, right? And then, you know, Rutherford comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, we should probably, you know, just, you know, filter that out. <laughs> It's like, don't read the instructions, Boimler, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really fun for me. So this one definitely was a 10, uh, probably more so, but it, they were both up there for different reasons. So to me, 10. Cool. Cool. Well, Charles, you get okay. the point this time, buddy. I get the, 
I get the caboose. I think what's interesting to look at picking the trying to get the different places to live, different uh, different quarters. But I think one of the things that got me in this episode was when I started doing my cadet review and my research. And they started going down the list. It's like, well, here's this creature from this episode. Oh, well, here's this creature from this episode. It's like, here's here was Q's image. It's like, oh, I had forgotten all about the fact that Q had shown up in in uh, hide and Q as a three-headed snake. That was one of the forms he came in on. It's like, oh, I'd forgotten that reference. But there were a lot of good references in the menagerie. There were all ties, and I'm sure we, I'm sure even the people I referenced missed all kinds of creatures that we didn't think of. But even the SETI eels from Rethacon that you're putting into the people's <laughs> ears, that was in there. It was fun to look at those different creatures and realize all the different ones they stuck in there. Even when they have something different and new like Moopsie. <laughs> but we got to see some character growth. Oh, I'm going to try my hardest to make Jack uh, demote me. She goes in a workout career. She tries to wreck the ship as she lands it and yet realizes no you're not going to get away with that i've got some trust in you and you're going to earn you're going to you're going to you're going to do that trust and i thought that was an interesting way it's like we've got character development we've got something pushing towards the future as for the episode one closure and the episode two opener, I go back to Eric with the same reference I've used before. Crack. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who, when we start the episode, will we get a crack in dimensions? The wall. Yeah, in the wall. the wall. And you know that crack is important. And it's going to be to the end of the season where you're going to get the final answer to that. So I am going to take this episode and give it an 8.5. I think right. there were a lot of good references and a lot of good things in this episode that still made it fun. And so how, that how do is... Our compare to our Facebook fans. Oh, our Facebook fans. I scroll down here. Give it a 7.9. Whereas we took it and gave it an 8.44. All right. <laughs> so once again, I think we liked it just a little better than the fans did. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Star Trek Lower Decks. But wait, there's more. Um, in honor of the 50th anniversary um, of Star Trek The Animated Series, they're putting out these brand-new, very short treks, and the, uh, they're dropping them on Wednesday. So the second one dropped yesterday, 
But we're not talking about that one. We're going to talk about the one that dropped last Wednesday, which is called The Skin a Cat. And just in case, they're very short. Like, this one is three minutes. Uh, In case you missed it, I'm going to play it for you right now, and then we're going to talk about it. disabled and our shields are down. I have a way to get us out of here. How? Our warp and impulse drives are also offline. Well, my Vulcan friend, you will soon learn there's more than one way to skin a cat. What? Oh, I'm so sorry, Mares. I I didn't mean to offend you. Do your people skin cats? I, I, I don't know where it came from. Maybe pioneers? It's just a figure of speech. I've never done it. I wouldn't do it. How would you like it if I say there is more than one way to disembowel a human? Now is not the time to argue this. We have bigger fish to fry. What? You want to fry me? Ensign, please, don't get your knickers in a twist. How dare you? What? We Nicotonians are a proud species who serve the Federation with honor. You'll forgive me if I decline to be in a twist. I am so sorry. I should report this to HR. Captain, might I suggest avoiding figures of speech until we are safely away? All right, everyone. I'm sorry, okay? (laughs) It's important that the Federation make all feel welcome, and I apologize. I'm a dumbass. I screwed up. What? Asses are dumb to you? Screws are synonymous with making mistakes. I have a perfect record, Captain. Okay, I've I've never seen you two before. What, What do you even do? We handle water pressure. Does that need a desk on the bridge? Did you... Did you just move your desk here? You're asking if I just move this big metal console onto the bridge? It's, it's, it's just, it's just that I, I, you know, I haven't seen you before, and water pressure, just to me, seems like it could, it could be in a lower deck. You were saying? Fine, fine. Captain, the hole is breached. The next shot will finish us. Well, what do you want me to do about it? Every time I say something, it seems to conjure someone up out of the ether to be offended about it. Wait, Spock, that's it. There's more than one way to decapitate a human woman who knows how to get us out of this situation. And also, this human woman, she loves me. She loves me for me. She doesn't tease me because I always eat chicken fingers and mac and cheese by saying, ooh, that's kids' food, because grown-ups can enjoy it too. And also, she likes the board game Risk. And she lets me have Australia. Because maybe I don't need to rule the whole world. Maybe I'm just happy with Australia. And I don't see what's wrong with that. You're allowed to do peace treaties. The game allows it. And someone who doesn't need to go clubbing at 10 forward on a Friday night, but is happy to just hang out in my quarters, you know, watching old game shows. The comfort of the music and the color palette and the boop, 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 boop. How dare you be the man I've always dreamed of. Now, here's the plan to get out of here. Divert the power. Will you marry me?
All right, guys. Well, there you have it. To skin a cat, the first very short break. So uh, what did you think overall? Who the hell is that captain? (laughs) Well, so, you know, man, I got mixed feelings. (laughs) Couldn't afford afford, none. Couldn't afford the real captain. Shatner, just remember that they do say at the beginning of these things that these are not canon, right? There's like a very specific kind of disclaimer that um, you shouldn't expect these to be part of the like actual lexicon (laughs) of Star Trek shows. You think? (laughs) You know, I thought to me, uh, it it felt like very anti-Star Trek to me. because all these people that hate Discovery and hate this and hate that say it's too woke. And this episode, it was like, yeah, well, if you say this, you upset that person and you check off that box. And if you say this, you upset that person and check off that box. And they just went, took it way, way to the other side. And, it, and it, I don't know, I, just, I didn't like it. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. I just didn't find it really humorous. I, I didn't like it. I, sorry, I didn't like it. You can whip me later. <laughs> I didn't like it. I wanted to. I watched it a couple times. I just couldn't. I just, Okay, wait. wait. I did think it was cool that they brought in the Mick Fleetwood and TD and Alien. Okay, that was cool. All right, that okay, Mick Fleetwood finally came back as an animated character. All right, that was neat. Um, but and CNM rest again, that was cool too, I thought. And of course, it had Klingons in the beginning blowing up the Enterprise. So, yeah, that was cool. But overall, I didn't really care for it. I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could say better. Hey, you know, we all have different uh, perspectives, man. Different tastes, right? What's Not everyone's going to like the but same that, thing. Is, you know, you know I'd, I'd give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I I can jump in, Matt, if you don't mind, uh, just real quick. I thought it was uh, it was I love the uh, the affectionate you know tip of the hat in terms of the style of of the animation to being you know really really leaning into the way they did the. Uh, the animation in the seventies, right. From that, the original animated show, even with the theme music that the, you know, the one that they have now where the ship flies in on Paramount plus, right. It's how the, they had the audio kind of a little warbly and garbled, just kind of yeah. like distorted from, you know, being recorded in analog or something. I thought that was really, really funny there. And, uh, it started off really strong uh, for me with the whole, you know, you know, skin a cat and, you know, frying fish and the, that whole bit there. Right. And I thought it was pretty good, but man, it just, I don't know who you are, dude. I wish you well. Right. But whoever this guy that casts to do the Kirk, Oh my God. He just, and it, when he's Kirk? going off and, and he's talking about like, uh, you know, what he wants to watch old game shows. And he's just kind of in this middle internal monologue. I was just like, I guess the guy who wrote it thought that was funny, but man, I felt like it just was so subjective and it didn't have anything to do with, you know, Kirk as a character or anything that they could parody from the animated series. I was like, what are you doing? So for me, it started off great, like maybe an eight or a nine, and then it just tanked into like a two. 
right? It was just really a, a, a real hodgepodge. So, I mean, anytime I get to see Lieutenant Merez, I'm happy because I love that character. <laughs> I think it's great that they, that I think it's just great that after so much dismissal over so many years that finally the animated series is getting some attention, right? Which I think is super overdue, you know, just love seeing that art style. And I think that's a, a way underappreciated show. And so it's fun that they did this, but uh, I would have rather had a more Kirk-like Kirk than this guy, because I don't know who this was supposed to be. It seemed more like more when John Belushi imitated Kirk. <laughs> it didn't seem like the Kirk I know from animated series. So, but uh, kudos to Ethan Peck for being as Spock-like as possible and not breaking character, keeping it continuity-wise, is straight across the board. There, that guy's just you know a, a, a treasure. So, uh, all over the place. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I feel like the episode tried to rely on these kind of um, you know colloquialisms that we use uh, in the United States in particular, and you know it was it was all right. I mean, it it didn't even the first time through. I kind of approached it with a wide open uh, heart, which is what I always do. And I was kind of like immediately disappointed. Um, the uh, the MRS stuff was was fun. It was fun to see the return of that character. It was fun to see Eric's on the screen, even though he didn't get any lines. Um, the humor is, yeah, you know, it was whatever. It just didn't really engage me. And I don't think the captain was supposed to be Captain Kirk, but I don't know who he was supposed to be. So I was extremely confused by that honestly. So um, I'll just say that to me, you get a five automatically for um, imitating the animation style, for doing things like what Paul was talking about with the opening credits and adding the warble to the, you know, the opening credits, like all of that kind of referential stuff. Okay. That gets you a five. The actual execution of the episode, I can't add more than like a 0.5 or a maybe a one. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be generous and I'll say maybe a six, but this first one was, was, you know, it just didn't really catch me. Just didn't really grab me and, and make me laugh. I want these things to like, like if you're going to, if you're going to make me take three and a half, like three and a half minutes is not a lot of time, of course, but if you're going to make me take the time and you're going to advertise for it and you're going to make it a big thing, then freaking knock it out of the park every time, which I can't wait to talk about the next one next week because the next one does. But this one was like, eh, it's okay. I was trying to look up and see what these terms, what part of grammar these are, and the closest I could find are just proverbs. But what did you give it, Eric? I give it a six, I think, in the end here, which six. is probably generous. <laughs> yeah, have you looked at the IMDb uh, ratings? They're really low. Is, is it? Yeah, I mean, this first one is a yeah, 5.5, man. It's it's definitely not uh, not beloved. <laughs> I saw this one, hoped we were going to have some fun celebration, 50th anniversary animated series. Watch this gut chance, like, oh. Star Trek Day, I snuck in and saw the whole Star Trek episode, most of the Star Trek Day episode. Oh, I got five minutes left on my lunch break. I'll watch this. 
turn it on, looked at it, and finished it. It's like, what did I just watch? It's like, ah, I thought it was going to be good and went straight downhill as we went there. <laughs> and I think I agree with Eric that five is good for giving us some animated series. You did great for the opening, but I think you fell flat as soon as you started, and I think it gets a stick hole. What do you well, think, David? You know, you know what that means, David? You get the caboose this time, buddy. Hi, <laughs> Caramba. This particular short track I thought was really funny, but then at the very end there when Cook or whoever that was, was going on and on and on about who you're trying to conjure up next. I'm like, hmm, okay, well, it, it, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I, I agree with everybody. It did start out pretty strong, and then all of a sudden just kind of like went down the hill from there. I mean, listening to the different phrases, I've never actually heard get your nicks in a Twix or whatever. And I'm like, what is that? And then when the sorts person your came up, I'm like, a twist. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> so I didn't really get that reference, but um, okay. But overall, um, I, I did like it. Um, the way I see it is that whoever this was was not Captain Kirk, but maybe it was one of the crew of the Enterprise who were trying to be Captain Kirk on a holodeck. So <laughs> his friend probably... Or it's like know, Beta did, Shift or something. Yeah, so his friend kind of like, you know, messed with the uh, parameters of the holodeck sequence, and then all of a sudden it's like all of these different characters that are coming up. <laughs> That's the way I see it, but yeah, oh well. To me, I don't know. I I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to give it a very short three. <laughs> but I did enjoy it for the first part, but yeah. To me, yeah, it's definitely about, about, about a three. All right. A three it be. <laughs> so, Charles, what, what, what do our truck spurts final uh, score come up to be. I'll be curious if Jim scores up to show what the fans thought about this one, but uh, the truck spurts actually went below IMDB, and we're giving it a four. All right. Four it is. All right, guys, you ready for some Star Trek birthdays? All right, guys, we always start out our Star Trek birthdays by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, this week we're going to start by remembering actor Byron Morrow. Byron Morrow would have had a birthday this week. He was the veteran character actor who, of course, played Admiral Comac in the TOS second season episode, Amok Time. He also played Admiral Westerleet in the third season episode of For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. So he is one of the very few people in Star Trek to have actually portrayed two different admirals. Happy birthday, Byron Morrow. Happy birthday as well to Richard Webb. He was the actor who played Lieutenant Commander Benjamin Finney in the TOS first season episode Court Martial, a fantastic and amazing episode. Thanks, Richard Webb, for your contributions there. 
happy birthday as well to John Kowal. John, John Kowal played Herm Gossett in the TOS first season episode, Mud's Women. Uh, he would have had a birthday just here on September 11th. Happy birthday, John Kowal. Happy birthday as well to John Crawford. John Crawford, of course, born Cleve Allen Richardson, was a film and television actor, trade High Commissioner Ferris in the TOS first season episode, The Galileo 7, another fantastic TOS episode. Happy birthday, John Crawford. Happy birthday as well to Gene Donarski. Gene Donarski was an actor who appeared twice in uh, the original series and TNG. He first appeared as Ben Childress in Mud's Women, and then uh, and and then later as Crodoc in The Mark of Gideon. And then in TNG, he was in Jim's favorite episode, the Binar episode, uh, 11001001 as Quinteros. So happy birthday, Gene Donarski. Happy birthday as well to Richard Bruce Hyde. Richard Bruce Hyde was the actor who portrayed Lieutenant Kevin Riley in the TOS first season episode, The Naked Time. He was also in The Conscience of the King, two fantastic TOS episodes. Thanks, Richard Bruce Hyde, for your contributions. His birthday is actually today. And last but not least, our final remembrance is for director... Robert Wise, uh, you probably know that name. Robert Wise lived to be the ripe old age of of 91, and he actually uh, was the director of the 1979 film, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Um, He, of course, received his sole Saturn Award as Best Director for this film. He pulled in a lot of extra people who weren't involved in the process into the process. He replaced the original director. He fought Roddenberry here and there. There are so many great stories about Robert Wise and his um, involvement in the motion picture. But suffice to say, one of the major, major reasons that we have the motion picture the way that we have it now, including the special director's cut. So happy birthday to Robert Wise, who would have had a birthday on September 10th. And I'm going to pass this flaming birthday candle over to Charles. Okay. I didn't do a whole lot of research on this week, so I'm big and quick. So I got a couple of big ones on my list. My first one, a very big happy birthday to an actor who has the distinction of betraying nine different characters on four different Star Trek television series. Most notably, those of Brunt and the various Wyuns in Star Trek East Space Nine and the Select Sharon on Star Trek Enterprise. Most recently, voiced Amigus on Star Trek Lower Decks, where the peasants' fountains lie, and a mathematically perfect redemption. A very big happy birthday to Jeffrey Combs, one of our favorite creature actors. Happy birthday to Harry Threadaway, an English actor who played Narek in the first season of Star Trek Picard. Happy birthday to Reed Burnley, actor who played Lux in Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 episode Among the Lotus Eaters. Happy birthday to Julian Nicholson, actress who played Lasso in Star Trek Next Generation first season episode the Arsenal of Freedom, and Cassandra in Deep, in Deep Space Nine, second season episode, Paradise. She and her former husband, David Soule, were both veterans of Star Trek franchise. 
Mr. Soul appeared in Star Trek TOS. Played a Laura Interval. Actress who played Eric Aaron Hudson in Star Trek Voyager's fifth season episode Dark Frontier. Happy birthday to Paul F. Tompkins, American comedian and writer who voiced Dr. Melino in Star Trek. Miglimu. Miglimu in Star Trek Lower Decks, as well as Hyde in Magatu Gamuto. Happy birthday to Terry Perry, award-winning playwright, screenwriter, actor, director, and author known for his comic morality plays and their, and their featured film adaptions. He played Admiral Richard Barnett, the Starfleet Academy Commandant in Star Trek 2009. So Terry did actually appear in a Star Trek, in a Star Trek episode. And my final one is another biggie. Very happy birthday to Walter Koenig, actor and writer best known for Pavel Chekhov in Star Trek's original series and the first seven movies. Also voiced Anton Chekhov in Picard Season 3, Episode The Last Generation. So, if anybody wants to comment about Walter Koenig... Yeah, don't uh, don't let a seti eel into your ear, brother. Uh, but yeah. no, but seriously, like he was he was not included in the original cast, and then they added him later. And I feel like he was a fantastic add later on. Um, yeah, and of course, became you know part of the part of the big jam there on the, the Enterprise. Yeah, so, yeah. So, Paul, who's on your list? All right, Charles, thanks. Well, we've got all kinds of folks that we're still celebrating birthdays for here this month. So first of all, happy birthday to Dylan Von Howe. Uh, Dylan's a child actor at the time who played young John Luke Picard in the second season of Star Trek Picard. Happy birthday to Harry Groner, a German-American-born actor who played Tam Elburn in the Next Generation third season episode Tin Man. Happy birthday to Ali Hassan, actor and comedian who played Commander Hanson Al-Salah in The Strange New World's first season episode of Quality of Mercy. Happy birthday goes out to Charles Deerkop, who played Morla in the original series second season episode Wolf in the Fold. Always love that one. Moving over to Deep Space Nine, happy birthday goes out to actress Mary Crosby, who played Natima Lang in the DS9 second season episode Profit and Loss. Birthday greetings also go to Anne Elizabeth Ramsey. She's the actress who played Ensign Clancy in the Next Gen second season episodes, Elementary Dear Data and The Emissary. So two different appearances there for Anne Elizabeth Ramsey. Both of those, I would say, count as classic episodes. Just great. Huge birthday greetings to the great Clyde Kusatsu, who played the role of Admiral Nakamura in uh, Next Generation episodes, Measure of a Man, Phantasms, and All Good Things. Uh, Eric, am I right? we got to call this guy one of the great good, good admirals. Fantastic admiral. I love him. Always a moral dude, always standing up yep. and doing the right thing and bending yep, when he needs to. So Somebody you can trust. Somebody yeah, like good example of a leader. Yep. Yep. Uh, thank you, Clyde, for depicting that. Happy birthday out, and oh boy, oh, why is Jordy LaForge perspiring all of a sudden? Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe because 
Actress Susan Gibney of Manhattan Beach, California, is having a birthday, infamous for playing Leah Brahms in Next Generation third and fourth season episodes, Booby Trap. I'm making no comment about the booby there. And uh, Galaxy's Child also appeared as Bentine, incidentally, in the Deep Space Nine fourth season episodes, Homefront and Paradise Lost. But she came back years later to reprise her role as Leah Brahms, uh, voicing a illusionary replica of that character on the Lower Decks third season episode, Mining the Mind's Minds. And finally for me, happy birthday goes out to Marcus Henderson, actor who voices Ensign Jet Manhaver in Star Trek Lower <laughs> Jet. Not a porn name at all. He's Jet so Manhaver in uh, Lower Decks Cupid's Errant Arrow and Kayshawn, his eyes open and will always have Tom Perry. And now for the obligatory Klingon birthdays, I'm passing it over to Jim. Yeah, kapla. Can you believe it? Every birthday on my list is a Klingon. I don't think this has ever happened. So I write in, we want to say kapla and happy birthday to Roxanne Dawson, the actress best known for portraying Lieutenant Balana Torres on Star Trek Voyager. She also directed two episodes of Star Trek Voyager and 10 episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Happy birthday. Roxanne Dawson. We also want to say happy birthday to Mary Kay Adams, who played Groka in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, third and fifth season episodes, The House of Cork, and Looking for Parmok in All the Wrong Places. Two absolutely awesome must-see episodes. Yeah, and we Jim, she has a, couple- a fantastic attack wing card because she makes all the Ferengi gold press latinum stuff cheaper every single time you use her. So if you play Star Trek Attack Wing and you like Ferengi and you like Klingons, check out Groka. Yeah, she's awesome. But we also want to say happy birthday and call plot to Andrew Jackson, the actor who played Commander DeTalk in Star Trek Strange New World, second season episode, The Broken Circle. He's the Klingon captain that Spock drinks the blood wine with at the end of the episode, in case you were wondering. We also want to say happy birthday and kapla to Paul S. Eckstein, Morak in Star Trek Voyager's episode, Prophecy, another really, really good Voyager episode. We want to say kapla to Charles Eston, who is the actor and singer who played Divock in Star Trek The Next Generation sixth season episode, Rightful Heir. We want to say happy birthday and kapla to Martin Bergenoff, who appeared as the Klingon Pilgrim. And Star Trek The Next Generation, sixth season episode, Rightful Heir. So we got two birthdays from the same episode. And last, but definitely not least, we want to say happy birthday to Robert Wisdom, the actor who played Doc Ross in Star Trek Strange New World, second season episode, Under the Cloak of War. And that, my friends, wraps up our birthdays. And I want to say thank you so much to Eric for hanging out with us and Trek talking with us. Thank you so much, Eric. Absolutely. A blast as always. Thanks, Jim. And we want to say thank you to Ray for calling in from the Bronx and saying hello. Thank you, Ray. And thank you so much to Paul for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, man. It was a blast. Good times. And thank you so much to our very own David for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, David. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks. And thank you so much to Charles for hanging out with us. Thank you, Charles. Oh, fun talking two episodes of Lower Decks. And I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, letting you know that we did have some Star Trek news. We'll bump that to next week 
because we had two episodes and one very short trek to cover, but we squeezed it all in. Thank you so much. Star Trek fans are the best fans. You guys better believe it. Hailing frequencies are closed. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kapwa and good night. Eat more good and prosper. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Bye-bye, nerds. Let's see what's out there. Engage. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.